Hello to our dear viewers at home. I am Adam Raker from the New Union Televisor, coming to you live from New York City. You find me here at the 1964 World's Fair, but only if you look close enough, for I sure feel like a mouse today, dwarfed by the many wonders of the modern world on display around me. I feel honored to bear witness to the greatest minds of this age, creating and displaying the future here today. Join me, ladies and gentlemen, in front of the screen and witnessing the destiny of our great country and all the world, from the exotic east to the port of San Francisco. Follow me into a preview of what is to come as we journey to the Dream Pavilion to witness the city of the future. The footage is sped up, lines moving across the screen, stretching the visuals of the World's Fair. A winding sound can be heard before it returns to another image of the reporter in front of a large plaza of tents and pavilions. I can barely believe it! Right over there! The green blur that stalks America's roads! Starbolt! Starbolt over here! A man comes running into frame, casually, more like a jogger than a marathon athlete. Despite the black and white nature of the footage, it is clear that he is wearing a superhero costume of some sort. His head is hidden behind the visor of a sleek motorcycle helmet, with a large lightning bolt striking a star displayed across his chest. It's a pleasure, Mr. Raker. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. What wonder do I have to thank to meet a young and true superhero at an event like this? Well, I don't want to give too much away, but if you want to learn more, you better be at the Dream Pavilion at 6. And don't forget to come by the Waypoint display at the United States Steel and Glass Corporation Pavilion either. They're building the city of the future southwest of here, in Delaware, and they already found their first citizen in me. Living between DC and New York is going to make my job a lot easier. That is truly incredible, a city of the future with its own superhero guardian? I personally cannot wait to see it. Make sure they reserve me an apartment too, will ya? No promises, Mr. Raker. With a sound akin to a sonic boom, the hero disappears, leaving behind nothing but a cloud of smoke and a coughing reporter. <coughs> well, <coughs> that is our Starbolt, everybody. Come and gone in the blink of an eye. The footage tears once more, sped up again via remote. It sputters, the tape showing its age, before coming to a halt again, displaying a marble-white pavilion fashioned into a stage. In its middle stands an old man with a receding hairline, a pencil-thin mustache above his lip. He speaks to the crowd like a great A carnival barker full of honest enthusiasm, with just a slight hint of profit-driven salesmanship. Ladies and gentlemen of the press, citizens of the United States of America, you have seen many wonders today at the Dream Pavilion, but they were only the beginning. You have seen the plans for an autonomous community in Florida. You have seen robots of my own design, not only walking, but talking. But now, with the help of my close personal friend, the Starbolt, you will bear witness to an event that will change the history of the entire world. With another boom, the hero returns to the stage, a gust of wind accompanying him, calling forth oohs and ahs from the audience. Sorry, I couldn't find a spot with how popular this event is. Subtle laughter can be heard. Despite the heroic costume, the Starbolt seems slightly lost in front of an audience. From the little of his face that can be seen behind the visor, he seems young. Barely 18, if even that. 
The Starbolt was only the first of many in our great Silver Age initiative. With his help, and the help of many other metahumans like him, we have done as only God has done before. We have resequenced the genetics of the human animal and found that which makes it superhuman. Ladies and gentlemen, I am pleased to announce to you a future where every man and woman in this country can do what the heroes do. Superheroes in a bottle. The footage tears again, but not from being sped up this time. Instead, aggressive sounds from the VHS tape make it clear that it is damaged in some way. With a click, it's ejected from the VCR. The machine, purchased via online auction just a few days before, had been running hot with footage all day. With a sigh, the tape is removed and placed inside a high cardboard box labeled Item 7, its deeper contents hidden under many other tapes like it. Item 7 of 20, her part of the remainders of her life, promised to her in the last will and testament of a man who went by the name Jake Harris in his papers, whom she knew as Starbolt. Until the VCR arrived, she dreaded looking into it. Now that the box is open, though, she is curious what else lurks under the dusty collection of tapes. Hi? Hello? It's, it's me, the Game Master. <laughs> this is a great intro, right? I, I, I'm very charismatic and likable right now. Hey, everybody else, please talk. I feel <laughs> lost. <laughs> I, I had uh, Legend of Korra flashbacks with that announcer voice. <laughs> <laughs> ah, nice. You Thank did a you. very great job. It's yes. it's difficult. It's difficult to uh, hit that 60s spot. And, uh, <laughs> you did well. Because it always just sounds like old announcer. <laughs> no, it was pretty great, I think. Uh, I'm, um, I'm just going to introduce myself real quick. I'm Julian, he, him, and uh, I will be the game master for this game. I hope you like this little intro. We're going to introduce the first character now. Uh, the woman behind the VHS tapes. Sanya, please just introduce yourself. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Sanya, and my pronouns are she, her, and they, them. And uh, I play Charlotte, Charlotte Williams, and you will later learn a lot more about her. Right now, she has to learn a lot about herself as well. She has a lot on her shoulders. Um, she has a chronic disease, which causes her chronic pain, which is something she has to fight with every single day. Uh, she, she wants to be a superhero as well. She wants to save people. She wants to be celebrated for who she is. And that's her greatest wish. Mm. Uh, what playbook did you choose? I chose the playbook The Legacy. This is basically about a superhero who steps in the footsteps of a great superhero and they have to wrestle with fulfilling what is expected of them. Yeah. Just to give a bit of like additional context, uh, the game we're playing here is called Masks The Next Generation. It's a tabletop RPG that's very roleplay focused it's based built on the apocalypse world way of systems uh, there's a lot of systems that work sort of like that they're very roleplay driven mass the next generation specifically follows in the footsteps of these teen superhero stories uh, in the way of like teen titans young justice stuff like that and yeah the legacy is like it's like flash 
uh, some Green Lanterns. Robin. Robin in a way, but I think uh, Robin actually has his own oh, sort right. of yeah. playbook okay. in here. Uh, what kind of things can... What kind of superpowers, superpowers do you have? Oh, okay. Yes. My superpowers are basically speed. Mm. I have super speed. I have regeneration. I can face. I have also speed reading and learning, which is so much fun. And I also have air manipulation, and I think this could come in handy at some point. Uh, yeah, that's the abilities that are generally given in the legacy block, but it says like above that, I think it is. Yeah, abilities. You have powers that match your general line. Choose one suite of powers, but pick two powers that you don't have from your suite. So basically oh, like two powers. Okay. Yeah, like basically two powers you haven't quite figured out how to use yet. Okay, that's definitely uh, air manipulation and... <laughs> Yeah, that seems like a pretty advanced thing. Let's say facing as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I would have gone with those two yeah, as well. Yeah. That's like, that's the basic thing that a kid Flash has to learn <laughs> before he can fully use his abilities. Yeah. Also, facing in the beginning would be way too easy because mm. uh, then you can just go through walls. and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, let's just sort of dive into it. You, uh, you Your character, Charlotte, just watched another video in a long collection of videos old videotapes and you can see that the box is pretty deep um that all of that stuff came in and uh, you know that your legacy the original hero who died a while ago around a year ago left you basically one of uh, 20 items in his uh, last will and testament which is all in this cardboard box. All you've seen so far of it are the videotapes that lie on top of it. But when you pick up the box, you can hear that there's other stuff, other stuff underneath those that's less bulky. And I wanted to ask you, now that you sort of can look what's under these tapes, now that you've sort of opened it and aren't afraid of looking into this box anymore, what else is in there? I think uh, there's a letter in there. Mm -hmm. uh, from him because before he died we were very close and I mm. sort of expected that but mm. I'm also very hesitant to open it because it will you know rip open some wounds that I'm mm. still healing from so I put that aside I think he also left me his his superhero costume mm -hmm. maybe an old one maybe the other, the other one is, you know, in a, in a museum yeah. or something. But uh, he left me something of that because that's basically what I'm striving for. And he wants me to remember that. Yeah, I can imagine that. He's basically been a superhero from rather early times of superheroics. There's probably like his first costume that you just saw in that video is probably on display somewhere. But he sent you like his 80s costume with a huge collar that nobody talks about anymore. Just like as sort of a keepsake. <laughs> we don't mention that color. But it's good material. Like uh, what you notice when you look at that super suit that he sort of left you is it's traditional, like not the most modern kind, but it's super suit material. Basically, it's kind of more secure to abuse than most other fabrics would be. Uh, it doesn't rip that easily. You can run in it at high speeds without it heating up. Yeah, which is super important as a speedster because yeah. things run hot. <laughs> also just generally useful in case you want to like improve your own costume, like work it into your costume. It's a good basis. Yes. I definitely want his insignia. Mm -hmm. I will probably take that out at some point and um, 
sew it on my own costume. So mm-hmm. I always have something of him with me. Yeah, that's cool. Anything else you would imagine being in there? I think um, there will be a book in there. Because mm. uh, I do like reading and I kind of shared his, my passion for that with him. Mm. And um, it's basically my favorite book that he, you know, lent from me and then sort of forgot. But um, mm. he was probably keeping it to give me give it back to me when he died and mm. uh, when I open it there is a photograph that falls out and it's a oh. photograph of the two of us just you know sitting together and laughing after we we trained together also something you probably notice when you look through the book it looks a lot worse for wear than when you gave it to him which on the one hand is Oh no, my book is a bit ruined. But now that you look at it more closely, you can also tell like he he read it. He probably didn't read it once. He read it. He sped speed read it probably like twenty to thirty times. Yeah. Just uh, while on the road. Yeah. Something else you find in the box after you take these items out is uh, at the bottom of it, like slightly crumpled up, is a large, rather thick sheet of paper. I take it because I have no idea what it could be. When you look at the sheet and turn it around, you see it's stamped in the upper corner with the letters SOS. There's a lot of superheroic organizations in the world, especially in America. But the Syndicate of Superheroes is probably the one with the best name. Having their seat in the city Starbolt lived in and died in, in the end. And the superhero organization he himself was a part of. As you look over the sheet, you can see it is an invitation of sorts. An invitation to a meeting with a syndicate of superheroes to introduce yourself and potentially join up with them. Can I ask when that meeting is going to happen? Or is that just, you know, a general invitation? It's a general invitation. It doesn't uh, require you to go at any specific point in time. Okay. Well, my heart starts to beat very, very fast. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm panicking slightly because that's like the most important meeting I will probably ever go to. So I will start packing up my things and uh, just, you know, deciding when I when I will go. But uh, before I go, I definitely have to train a little bit more because I want to be in like in my in my best shape. Mm-hmm. But I also want to learn more about Starbolt before I go there because I probably missed some you know important lessons that he wanted to give me and I need to prepare it as best as possible so I kind Makes of sense. need to prepare all of that but I'm also super excited that I start packing <laughs> immediately so I will probably be torn between that do some more preparation then just you know get accustomed <laughs> to to the city and to the feeling there An undecorated light bulb flickers from the ceiling of a small plain room in an underground bunker underneath the New Mexico desert. Cool, dry air flows into the room through a grate in the ceiling. Except for two small metal chairs and an airlock door, there is not much of interest about this room. Or there wouldn't be to most people at least. However, there is a lot of interest about it to its one and only inhabitant, because to her, 
there is so much more that goes on far beyond its walls. Voices, images, smells of faraway beaches, pets and delicacies that all feel foreign to her, yet immediately resonate deep inside her soul based on the connection the people she took these sensations from have to them. The symphony of thoughts is broken up as the sound of unwinding chains and rotating metal alerts the prisoner to the opening of the door. With a loud squeak, the heavy metal moves and a person in a slightly oversized suit enters. The prisoner has not seen many of this one's kind before, but quickly finds the words to describe her presentation in the arrival's thoughts. Human. Woman. Captain. Secret Keeper. Interrogator. Hey there, hope you can understand me somehow. My name is Captain Gemma Ramirez and I represent the United States of America, the people who control this piece of the planet Earth you chose to land on. Sorry that I have to ask it that way. In our agency it has become a bit of a cliche, but do you come in peace? Who are you playing, Vio? I am playing Moon. Um, uh, she uses the pronouns uh, she or they. And I'm Viola. I used to pronounce she, her, and you can call me Viola or Vio. And Moon is the playbook, The Outsider. So Moon is not from planet Earth. She is from mm -hmm. another planet and has just visited Earth for the first time. Hmm. Um, they are also telepathic. So basically, even though she doesn't speak the language yet, or actually can't, can't speak at all because her people mm -hmm. don't use verbal language, um, she totally understands what this person is asking because she can see their thoughts. Okay, so like the people, uh, Moon's people don't like use their mouth to talk at all. Nope. Okay, does she have a mouth? Uh... Yeah, for like food and stuff. She looks, okay. <laughs> she looks very human, like anatomy wise, mm. wise, but you would not mistake her for like a common person. Mm. What, what does she look like? Uh... G g give me a rundown. Uh, Moon looks pretty androgynous because uh, she is from another planet. The, I think the most striking thing is probably that, uh, like from the general shape, um, she looks very human. Um, she doesn't have any hair, so so she's bald, and her skin is sort of this um, reddish orange with black mm. and um, gray patches. And they've just come to this world. Yes. What do you think is the first thing that happened when when Moon landed? I think um, on the way over, she like basically um, did a quick search of, okay, what do I have to know so that I don't mm -hmm. stand out immediately? And mm -hmm. then she stood out immediately, <laughs> um, <laughs> but basically just um, wanted to visit Earth and get a feel for the people. It's just one um, step in a bit of a road trip she's taking. So she landed on Earth, um, went out and just looked for a city to, to land somewhere where her ship is not that obvious and then go to the next big city that she could find. I like that idea that she... <laughs> okay, I, I probably misinterpreted what you uh, how you meant it right now, but when you said like she probably looked for a city because she wanted to land somewhere where her ship wouldn't stand out. <laughs> like, I interpreted that as like... She land on an airfield. <laughs> oh yeah, we have cities at home. That's why I park my ship. No, I think um, she does have an understanding of Earth does not have a lot of connections to the rest of mm. the universe, so... She should probably, like, don't make a fuss. 
Mm, yeah, probably like uh, there's probably a term on her planet for the kind of thing Earth is like a, a primitive world or like a pre-space world or something mm. like that. Uncontacted. Uncontacted sounds good. Well, despite being an uncontacted world, at least uh, at least as far as Moon's people know, she was picked up by people who do actually have a understand have an, have an understanding of alien life, which is how Moon landed in this underground bunker. Yeah. And is now sitting opposite of this woman in a suit who just asked her if she comes in peace. Yeah. I'm just visiting. I think you have the word tourist for what I'm doing, I guess. The woman opposite of Moon sort of like holds her head uh, as she feels the sort of intrusion into her thoughts and responds in verbal language. Can you talk normally? I am? Like not in my mind, like with your mouth, the way I'm doing right now. Moon shakes her head. Okay, guess we're gonna have to work with that. So you're telepathic? Moon nods. And, f and tries to like telepathically whisper, is this better? I, I appreciate the effort. It's just, you're gonna, the woman sighs a little. She seems like sort of trying to describe what the concept of privacy means inside her head right now, which is kind of hard to do to someone who hasn't really experienced not being able to read someone's thoughts. Uh, Moon is confused. Essentially, here on Earth, we're more separate. Uh, we don't... We we keep secrets, not dangerous secrets. It's just we don't want people to always know everything we're thinking. It can become an issue. Wh why? If everyone knows what everyone's thinking, then there are no misunderstandings. Then there's knowledge. I mean, you want to get off this planet at some point, don't you? I mean, yes, but I mean, we, we have been not a lot. We've been <laughs> off like a few times, but basically it's, it's, it's more of a thing of like, if I don't know how your world works, but if you always know what everyone else is thinking, aren't you also getting hurt more? Like... Oftentimes, I don't tell someone something because I don't want to hurt them. It's like a white lie. It's like a positive sort of secret you have from them. But if I know something, then they know it. And if it hurts them, it hurts me. So isn't it better for everyone if everyone knows it? I mean, that's one way of looking at it. It's just I, I'm I, all I'm telling you here is... There are certain things people will not want you to see in their mind. And if... Okay, I'm I'm really derailing it at this point. Uh, what I originally just wanted to know is, are your people invading? No. No, I wish. That's, oh, that no, is not reassuring. Uh, as you pro might have just seen in my mind, that is not really reassuring language to me. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I saw that. Um, no, no, the I wish was more like... I wish they did something interesting for once. Oh, no. So, y y more more of a passive people. Uh, trading. A lot of trading and 
finance and diplomacy and like law keeping and and stuff hmm. yeah passive passive is a pretty good concept i mean that generally sounds good to me i mean it's a lot more of a positive image yeah, of a home world than we get from is that why does it come out of the man's tummy i don't you have a weird concept of aliens if we, we i i mean those are not the only ones it's sort of how the general public sees them what I know and what some others know is that we are not as unvisited as some others might think. It's just we haven't been to the point where we actually have open borders with any other world yet. Uh, we've decided that it's smarter to keep the existence of otherworldly life on a down low so far. Okay. Your decision. Essentially... If it's not invasion, what's your... You said tourist? Are you just here to see the area? Yes, actually. I, one of your co-workers was, um, I guess, watching a, a, a story on, on, their, on their display. And there they said the word road trip. And I got some memories from that. Um, so I guess that's a good analogy to what I'm doing. I'm sort of... I got my own little ship and I just like pimped it out a bit and then I just decided I wanted to see the universe because my planet is pretty boring. And so I just wanted to see what's out here. The woman turns her head to one of the walls on the side and sort of nods in that direction. And soon the airtight door opens once again as another person comes in. This person is wearing a black suit and has a hood sort of halfway uh, over their face, which makes it sort of difficult to see their, fa uh, their face at all. And something interesting you notice, Moon, is that uh, you can't tell what that person is thinking. There's some sort of block there that makes it hard for you to figure out what they want to say. And it's sort of a new emotion to you, like someone's actively keeping you out of their mind. Moon cocks her head and gives off a wave of confusion and interest. The person nods towards the captain and tells her in simple words, I think she's telling the truth. It seems like she won't cause much more trouble than any other teenager you let out on the road. The captain nods and turns towards Moon again, and you can see in her mind that her whole sort of position towards moon has somewhat changed you can see more positivity there more friendliness positive imagery and she uh, lowers her head a little and tells moon is there anything about earth that particularly interests you i haven't seen that much yet to be honest um i guess the people i mean i I, I, my, my ship, they, they got this um, internet connection and I, I looked around a bit to see like what I could do to not be as obvious as I am. And so, so it said like, what is your gender? What is your fashion style? And I just sort of did that. But humans do a lot of stuff that I don't really understand. There's this music thing. Oh yeah, music. On, uh, music is great. You don't have music? N not like, no. No, you just, I mean, if you want to 
share something, you just do it. You don't put it into like a rhythm with with notes and, and stuff. That's that's so fascinating. I saw someone, he was like um, listening to this old, old record and it was all scratchy and you could hear like every single scratch on it. And they were just weeping. And I, I don't, how? The, the woman uh, l like laughs a little. It's like a sort of quiet laugh and pulls uh, an envelope from inside of her, uh, which she puts on the table and pushes over to Moon and says, well, if you want to get to know the people, a big city would be a nice place. And I don't know if you want to meet some people there who are a bit like you and might be more comfortable with your extra normal abilities. I think this would be a nice place. Moon picks up the envelope and, says, and looks at it and says, I don't know what to do with this. Uh, there's, you see, there's this like flap over it. You can rip at that. It's like glued tight. Yeah, and I know what paper is. I just don't know your language. And you might be surprised, oh. but paper does not have thoughts. Uh, yeah, yeah, I see the problem. There is a city named Waypoint. They have an organization called the Syndicate of Superheroes, short the SOS. I'm sure they would be very interested in meeting you. Cool. Just promise me one thing, please. And she nods over to the hooded figure again, as if to have him check if the answer is truthful. Don't tell anyone you're an alien that you don't trust. We're trying to keep that a secret for a little bit longer. Okay. Your customs are my customs now, I guess. Are you telling the truth? Yes. I'm a guest here. The hooded figure nods and the door opens once more. This time, both the hooded men and the captain leave the room, but the captain turns around once more and says, Welcome to Earth. Enjoy your vacation. Through the open window, bolstered by cool beachside air and the unbearable assault of the summer sun, a song flies into the room. The girl inside has forgotten what it's called, even though she hears it almost every day. Her mind simply registers it as that happy summer song that always plays around this time of year, indistinguishable from the sound of the waves and the howling ocean wind. Her town, like most tourist hotspots in Dreamland, the happiest country on Earth, located where the US state of Florida used to be, has constant background music playing to make the place more welcoming. Here, the music sounds like an ad for a cruise ship, music that evokes a shrimp buffet and the smell of chlorine. The girl is laying on her bed, looking up at the ceiling, studying her walls, waiting. She has sent out so many applications. Her mother has sent out even more. The police radio on her nightstand is emitting constant white noise. Something has to happen eventually. Something that is worthy of her. A new noise joins the chorus of tourists screaming at the beach, cars driving by and the summer song. The ringing of a doorbell. <gasps> <gasps> Gasp! 
Introduce God. yourself. Hello, I'm Mimi. I use they them pronouns and I play Max Powers. She goes by she, her. And as her rule book says, she's the star. Ooh. From her childhood on, she had her superpowers and was always encouraged to use them. Her mother is the mayor of the small town she lives in. She became the mascot of the town basically right after discovering her powers. Her special abilities are electrodynamic control. That's a pretty broad field of powers. She mainly uses it to make flesh, flashy lightning bolts. Ooh. Yeah, I can imagine that even before her superhero-ish career really took off, her powers probably came in handy at the nightly fireworks in the happiest country on earth, which is absolutely not based on anything that exists in the real world, just <laughs> a lot smaller and also in Florida. Oh yes, definitely. Especially her mother always encouraged her to use her powers a lot, take control of them. What's her superhero costume look like? She basically went for the red costume because everyone knows a real superhero costume has to be red. You have to be seen. Mm. It's a nice color. Mm. And um, she uses the basically the lightning bolt uh, that's also... Uh, it's, it's the sign that you have for like um, danger electricity. It's basically on, mm. her, um, yeah, on her superhero outfit. When she's mm. doing her superheroing, she goes by the name Ecstatic. Uh, can I make a suggestion? Uh, an X-shaped mask? I mean, totally. <laughs> Fits with the yeah, theme. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Because I can like... I can imagine her, with her being the mascot of the town, her also being like, because she lives in Dreamland, which is like a very amusement park-ish place, that she's literally the mascot of the town. Like that there's mascot characters walking around with her costume oh, yeah. in the town if her mom is the mayor and trying to like push this brand. Yeah, she's not just a superhero, uh, she's a brand. Yeah, I can imagine her name is like Focus Tested. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, with some, with some uh, extra flown in focus groups. And yeah. Up until this point, despite all that good press and like one or two people who were interested, like one or two groups, like there was the Society of Supers, which um, once you Google them, you figure out they're a scam. Like they just take the uh, money from people in the promise of adding them to a superhero registry and some sort of shit with the same initials as the actual legendary superhero organization, the SOS. Uh, there's like some teen teams that uh, have wanted Ecstatic to join, which are just like basically nerd clubs. Actually important people, which they have gotten a lot of applications out to, uh, have not had much interest in the Ecstatic brand Quick up until question. this point. Julian, did you, did you just call people a nerd club? on your actual play <laughs> <laughs> tabletop <laughs> RPG podcast. Um, excuse me, we're I mean, nerds, we're geeks. <laughs> I see myself as more self-aware than ecstatic. <laughs> oh, <laughs> definitely. Sort of thing. No, no self-awareness yeah. so far. Every superhero organization is a nerd club. You just gotta be real about which ones are popular. <laughs> so uh, this, all of that might change now as the doorbell rings. Uh, she gets up from her bed she knows that um, her mother is not home, so she goes to the door and opens it with a big smile because whoever is in front of the door, you need to smile. Uh, the person in front of the door is the postman. 
Uh, I have a quick question for you. Is Max wearing her superhero costume? Uh, I think Max has basically this superhero costume light where she's not wearing the mask, but it's basically mm. this shirt and pants in the colors of a costume um, with her symbol on it. So you can still recognize mm. her. It's basically kind of a costume, but it's like leisure wear. Mm, she's wearing the in-between exactly. suit. I can imagine like, um, how is the costume set up? Because I can imagine it like actually being the underclothes. Like, for example, the costume comes with, like, this sleek jacket or something like that that she usually wears over it. Oh, yeah, that works. But, That's like, also really is... practical in case you need to get into costume really fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was laying on bed, like, listening to police radio yeah. and all of that. Like, maybe she was just, like, waiting for the right situation to pick up her costume. Uh, but it's not police radio that interrupts this day. It's a postman uh, who, of course, immediately recognizes Ecstatic, the town superhero, and uh, gives a nice smile back while handing you a letter. Uh, here, this is from... Uh, oh, wow, the Syndicate of Superheroes. That's the big leagues. Uh, she takes the envelope with a bit more energy than would be appropriate and goes like, Oh, <laughs> my God! I didn't even know that you applied to those. Wow, won't that be... I mean... That would take you very far away, right? Those are like in Waypoint, I think. I, I don't even think you can apply to them. They have no real contact address for applications. They're the ones who contact you. Oh, wow. Then that must be a really big deal. What, 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 what are we going to do without our local homegrown superhero? I mean, I know we don't have a lot of crime and you basically only did fireworks so far, but... We, we really care about our local superhero here. I mean, it's always time for one generation to make space for the next, you know? I'm sure there will be some kid out there who will use this opportunity to become a great hero. The 40-year-old postman uh, looks down at Ecstatic and puts his hands in his sides and says, Does that mean you think I could be a superhero? She smiles at him and says, Everyone can be a superhero. He, uh, like, raises his head and is, uh, it looks, like, dreamingly away in the distance. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I don't have to be a postman. I could be a superhero name that is a pun with post. Uh, do, do something with Mr. male postman. and, like, male as man and male as post? That could work. Yeah, the, the, oh, I have it. I got it. I, I have something that corresponds with male and also with male. How does the male man sound? I mean, I think you could workshop it a bit more, you know? But you're, you're on the right track. This is how great superhero names get started. Thank you, Ecstatic. I'm, I'm going to get right to it. Uh, and he pulls his uh, mail bag off his shoulder and throws it on the ground. I don't need this anymore. I'm a superhero now. As he runs away with his arms extended to the side. I love him. Keep him. <laughs> Reoccurring character. Ma Max looks at the bag <laughs> on the floor and she just thinks... But how do the other people get their mail now? <laughs> Bad luck. <laughs> uh, Max looks at the bag on the ground and she thinks, Oh damn, I'm gonna get in trouble with mom again. Another one. <laughs> uh, there's, a very, uh, there's a very friendly looking underside of a trash can right next to it that it could be pushed under to hide the evidence. <laughs> She just thinks about it and has a quick check-in with her morals. And then she realizes that it's probably not 
good to start hiding that kind of stuff. And she could probably <laughs> just call the city and get someone to do it. I mean, it's ecstatic calling after all. Especially since her mom is like literally yeah. the mayor. Okay, yeah, you got, uh, you're the only one who gets a letter today. <laughs> you got mail. It's in your hands. Uh, she runs up to a room. And then she just rips the envelope open. Like, there's no care in it. She just rips it open and opens it and starts reading. Yeah, the letter, like, from the outside was basically only marked by this red stamp with SOS on it and underneath her address. Now that she opens it, she can see it's the same sturdy paper that Charlotte opened. The same mm. thick, like, watermarked paper as she unfolds it. And she finds a pretty simple letter with the same SOS uh, branded uh, mark on the top. And the letter doesn't say much more than you're invited to a meeting at the Syndicate of Superheroes. If we like you, we might take you in. Take any time you want. Our doors are always open for new talent. Underneath it is signed by a name that I will have to look up now because I didn't <laughs> note it down because I'm a moron. <laughs> Underneath, it is signed with two names, one name in red. Uh, this one says Ben Crane and written like cursively over it uh, in a sort of lettering that definitely looks like it's branded. The name Knight Rider, a name that you have definitely heard of before. Knight Rider is not only the leader of the Syndicate of Superheroes, now that perhaps the greatest hero of time, Starbolt, is dead, also one of the greatest around. Max carefully places the paper on her desk and then she just jumps in the air and puts her fists up and shouts, Yes! Finally! <laughs> and in her, in her excitement, you can see how little sparks are around her fists just fizzing. <laughs> one of them falls onto the letter and it goes <laughs> to a Opportunity lost. No, uh, yeah. Triumphant victory after all this time applying. Maybe now is the time for Ecstatic to reach the big leagues. So would you say and... that Ecstatic is ecstatic? <laughs> Listen, it's going to be a hard job playing her because she's a lot more high energy than I will ever be. <laughs> I know that feel. <laughs> I know that feel from whenever I try to a uh, play a character that way. Yeah, uh, hey... Uh, that's the intro. We did it. That's the intro we to our it. three main characters. Uh, I hope you will get to... I hope you like them already and we'll get to love them over time. <laughs> and I hope my players have fun. Hey, was, it, was this nice? Was this cool? Did you have fun yeah. so far? Yes, definitely. I mean... I always like to ask that because I'm very uncertain. <laughs> I'm actually entertaining. I'm always having awesome. fun when I get to be a player in a tabletop RPG. <laughs> hint, hint. Uh, same. <laughs> Same. Anyways, this is sort of our episode zero. This is sort of our like introduction to the characters, the general system that we're playing with. If you want to look into it, uh, just Google it. Masks, the next generation. I'm a really, really big fan of the system. It's very cool. And over time, we'll show a lot more of how it works. If you want to play a superhero game, like especially a more teen-focused superhero game, it's a really cool choice because like it actually has a pre-made world in it. Uh, the whole Halcyon City setting. Uh, which it's sort of tied into. And I personally use my own setting, but 
that's why I would rec- uh, recommend Mask so much because I had the setting long before I had a game for it. And this game just turned out to be perfect for the setting I was thinking of a whole while ago. Um, you'll figure out, like, we'll all figure out more about the setting as it goes along. Masks places a lot of, like, emphasis on giving the players the chance to, like, create the game together with the Game Master, with the Game Master not, like, like giving the facts and the players reacting to them, but more the players helping create the facts. Uh, I tried to do this in this episode. I hope it worked out. I really hope you know who you just gave a whole lot of power to. <laughs> I mean, uh, you can get so much more power because there's this whole moment of truth feature. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm looking forward to the moment of truth. Yeah, <laughs> moment of truth is basically a player can take over and uh, say, okay, I say what happens now. Hold on a and second, I have, I've got to be awesome now. Just step back, everyone. I'm going to be awesome. Yeah, which is a really cool feature. I'm super into it. And yeah, I'm excited to see when that happens for the first time. Uh, we'll start with the story proper and with all the characters meeting next time on our like true episode one. Uh, and I hope you'll all join us there next time. And you had fun this time. Uh, anything anybody else wants to say before we end this off? I'm just really yeah. looking forward to new episodes. I mean, you, <laughs> you actually, have to I'm... keep listening because you have to see if Ecstatic yeah. actually becomes a big league hero. Yeah, 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 of course. And you have to see if uh, all the other characters reach their uh, vaguely defined uh, goals as well. Will Moon finally find out how to eat a watermelon without making a mess? Find out next time. I'm so looking forward to Moon interacting with um, Max, by the way. (laughs) I really hope you figured out that the watermelon thing is the main conflict of Moon. Like, we tried to drop subtle, subtle hints for it. I did so much foreshadowing, no one caught it. There was a lot of foreshadowing, right? Like the whole the whole situation with the... Uh, uh, you got it. Everyone got it. I'm sure everyone got it. If you didn't notice it, listen again. And if you still don't notice it, listen again. And if, if you, you download this podcast, it, make sure that you download it again too. Like yeah. maybe something's wrong with your download and you didn't notice it because of that. Uh, and also if you watch it on some sort of platform where you can like it or give it like a rating, do that again too, just to be safe. Just to be safe, just to be absolutely safe. Make a new account, give it another rating. Then you'll notice the watermelon thing, I promise. Yeah. You don't want to be like just one of the only people who did not see the Waterlord. Waterlord. Um, <laughs> the melon. You don't lord. want to be left out of the <laughs> Waterlord thing. <laughs> no! I am the Melon Lord! And you did not see me okay, coming because. Uh, this is, this is qu- quickly unraveling. Uh, <laughs> see you all next time, and I hope you had fun. Uh, bye bye until Bye-bye. then. Bye. Bye.